Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. This is Mark Joseph Bennett, and uh, my voice may sound a little bit weird. This is why this is. I'm recording this on Tuesday, December fourth, two thousand and eighteen. And <coughs> sorry, I uh, got a cold. My first cold in a long, long time. My son, my wife, they've gone through several colds. Me not getting a me going. I'm like the fucking Wolverine. You can't take me down. I have. I've recuperating powers. Not this time, boy. I was the first one to get it. Gave it to my son. He recovered in one day. So I am just clearly a giant pussy. This, I have a two-year-old who can get over this cold one day, 24 hours. He was done. He had one rough night. Me still going. I got this on, uh, on, uh, Friday. I was doing my week of shows here at the Absolute Comedy in Toronto. Thanks so much. Guys, for having me over at the Absolute Comedy in Toronto, Ontario. It's a great comedy every week. Absolutecomedy.ca. Check your local listings. I, uh, yeah, I was there for my, I usually go there once a year to do my headline. And uh, it was great. And some of you may be listening to this podcast because of the headline. Because sometimes I promote the podcast. I don't do a real good job of promoting it, but I mention it at the shows from time to time. So, and if you're listening, quick recap, I do a podcast by myself almost always. Occasionally I have a guest. Last week I had the hilarious Daryl Purvis. We actually might have him again next week because we're going on another road trip. Sometimes I'll have a guest. Usually if I'm going on a road trip, you know, to a, to a, a comedy venue and we're in the car and we're bored, I say, why not do a freaking podcast? And the other guy's like, ah, do we have to? I'm like, it's my car. You got to do what I say. So, um. That's it. I hold people hostage. But normally, I just scream by myself for about 40 minutes in the back of my uh, Volvo. Volvo XC60. Used to be the Prius recording studio. Let's not forget the good old days, guys. When I cared about the environment. Am I right? Oh, now I just... Who cares now, right? Now it's just we got, we got, we got the one boy and we got another boy coming. So we need a bigger car. Now, at least this is this is what they make you believe that goddamn stroller companies were making their giant strollers and their and their their giant cribs, you know, and their their don't forget the car seats. Oh, you, well, you don't want to protect your child, I guess, if you don't want a, an industrial grade impenetrable fortress in the back seat. Well, then, too, I guess you just hate your children. You just you you would rather see them dead. Okay, that's fine with me. Fine, I'll buy your fucking car seat. For $900, that takes up more room than I have in my vehicle. Like, the Prius was a five-seater vehicle. Five adults could sit in this car. It's a car! And I had one kid. This is a story that I may have told before, but I went to a Toyota dealership to trade in the Prius to say, give us your next biggest car. So we were thinking the RAV4, right? You know, like that one uh, making a murderer where, where everybody gets killed driving the RAV4. And the guy was like, ah, well, there's actually less room in the backseat of the RAV4 than the Prius. I was like, really? He said, so, you know, you're, you're going to want to go with uh, a Highlander or uh, what's that big one? <coughs> Sorry about that. Still got the cough. Um, Forerunner. The Forerunner. Have you seen one of those friggin' things? Schwarzenegger drives shit like that. The forerunner. And I said, I have a 16-pound child, okay? 
How in Christ's creation do I need to buy a forerunner to house one 16-pound child and his car seat? But that's what they make you do, see? It's all part of their plan. The part of their upgrade plan. I won't be part of it. What am I saying? I am part of it. That's why I'm driving the Volvo. You know? Went with a safe car. Test drove, test drove a lot of cars. Went with the Volvo. I uh, Definitely the nicest car I've ever driven. And uh, I immediately I dented it. Which is lovely. Never dented a car before. <coughs> oh boy. You guys are going to hear a lot of coughing on this podcast. And I... We, me and the wife, we were looking for a bigger place. Why? You always got to upgrade. You always got to get more things. No, it's just we, we, we live in a two-bedroom apartment here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And uh, we barely have enough room as it is. And now we got a second kid coming. So we're thinking, let's just see if we can find another place to live. Uh, Toronto real estate is the dumbest thing that's ever happened in the world. So it's, uh, the bubble is too big. Too big. I can't buy into it. I'm sorry. Can't do it. It's just not financially responsible. So we were looking for rentals. And what do I do? When we're looking for rentals, these driveways, they seem a little tight. So I said, well, we got to make sure we almost, we were just about to sign on the dotted line. But I said, we better, better make sure we can get into the parking spot, which is behind the house. So we go, we go through the alleyway. And I, what do I do? I, I get through the alleyway. And then I figure I'll just turn the car around instead of trying to back out of the alleyway, and in my effort to turn the car around, I fucking hit a goddamn pole right at scraped the side of the door. Oh, the rage. Guys, it's palpable. I'm so angry about it. I'm still so angry about it. But anyway, that's why I, uh... No, I, the, the reason I bring up the Volvo is that I, I record the podcast out of the back seat. Not the front seat. Because the back seat has tinted windows. It's supposed to be for the child and his fortress of solitude back here. But um, I find that since I live in a big building with a busy parking garage, it's nice to be in the, in the back with the tinted windows so there are less people who give me funny looks. You know, because when you're sitting in the driver's seat with a microphone up to your mouth and headphones on, then, you know, I think I like my voice better this way. I'm listening to it in the headphones right now, and uh, I think I think it's a nice break for me and for you guys. Instead of my nasal leprechaun, it's got a little bass to it, you know? Although, who knows? Maybe my ears are plugged up so I can't hear this properly. For all I know, it's, it's more nasally than usual. I, I don't know. And if it is, I apologize. But yeah, sitting in the back seat, my wife is up... Uh, trying to put the kid to bed right now and uh i normally help but i i'm late on the podcast and i have a voice right now so (coughs) he says as he coughs up a lung i have a voice right now so i will uh try to muster through for you guys and it's just uh i'll do another podcast with daryl purvis i think on friday after or saturday we have a road trip and um I just thought I definitely need to get one done in between because it's a bit weird for a guy who never has guests to have back-to-back guests and then being the same guest. Although people seem to like the Daryl Purvis one. I'm getting some... Uh, I, I, I've gotten that before, people saying it's it's great when you have guests on because, you know, you get to play off the other guests. And I hear what you're saying. 
You hate me. I get it. Oh, boy. Maybe I shouldn't have recorded this podcast. All right, we're going to make this one short. I Did I even take any fucking water down here? Yeah, I, I did. I got some water here in the car. I always have some water because I'm on the road. Hold on a second. Oh, my God, I almost broke my neck trying to get that water. So, yes, a great week at Absolute Comedy. And um, I'll tell you what, let's talk about Let's talk about uh, the pay for a second here. Some of you people were at the shows. People people are curious about comedy. You know, they'll talk to you afterwards. Met the nice group of kids from Ireland. They said that I would do well in Ireland because of my my uh, Newfie accent. They all sound like friggin'. Did I just belch into the microphone? You're goddamn right I did. Guys, why are you listening to this at this point? Just shut it down. Shut it off. It's, I'm not I'm not worthy. So, um, nice group of kids. Musical, sing-song voices. Hi, you do well over in Ireland. Do you know any Irish comedians? Have you heard of Tommy Tiernan? I'm like, you're goddamn right I heard of Tommy Tiernan. And, I said, and they said, with your voice, you know, we understood everything you were saying, no matter how fast you were going, which is made me realize maybe I talk too fast for Canadian audiences. You know, they... <laughs> Now I picture myself, I'm like uh, Brad Pitt from uh, from Snatch, and and people need subtitles under me, you know? Maybe that's the case. But anyway, the people from Ireland, apparently, they, they got it. And I said to them, yeah, but my voice doesn't sound like yours. You guys sound so awesome. That would be, oh, of all the accents to have, you know, as a white guy, right? You know, maybe, I guess maybe French because you, you'd pick up ladies with that. But it's... I think Ireland, the Irish accent works so well uh, on every level, you know? It just sounds good, period. It also... It could sound sexy to the ladies, I'm sure, but also sound, can sound cool to the guys. You know, it's just... There's there's nothing wrong with it. It's perfect. It's the perfect accent. If you, if you look like me, it's hard to be appealing it's hard to have any exotic flavor to you, you know? But you start talking like this, and people go, ooh, where's he from, you know? Like, uh, hey, did you see The Americans, right? That show was amazing. Fucking amazing. One of the best shows I've ever seen. Loved it from start to finish. Loved it. Carrie Russell, freaking sociopath in that show. Jesus Christ. But in real life, the 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 couple, um, Michael Reese and Carrie Russell, they're re- they were married on the show, and and then in real life they're married. I don't know if they're married. They're t- they're together. They're at least common law, and um, you know, people say some shitty things, you know. And I'm on. I think his name is Michael Reese. Is that his name? Matthew. It's Matthew Reese. Um, I'm on his side because I love that guy. And I, but it's just people were saying things like, you know, he's punching above his weight. With Carrie Russell, boy, he got a real looker, yada, 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 because, you know, that's how the world works. And the truth is that it is pretty much how it works. It Usually, if you if you look at the people's level of attractiveness, it, it often matches up. And when it doesn't match up, society lets you know. You know, rightly or wrongly, they let you know. So it does seem, when you're watching The Americans, it's even sort of a storyline that's going through the show, that Carrie Russell is a little too hot for uh, 
you know, Philip. He in the show his name is Philip and her name is something. I can't remember. Um something. Anyway, I uh, I just kept calling her Carrie Russell. So Carrie Russell's a little too hot for Philip in the show. And uh it's kind of implied, you know? Like they get paired up as a, as a Russian spy team, you know, when they're young. And so everybody thinks that, oh, look at Phil, you lucked out, buddy. Way to go, Philip. You're so lucky to get paired with such a hottie. And she was kind of like, um, he's okay, I guess, but I really, you know, I need better. That that was kind of the thing. But then as the show progresses, she starts to really think he's the cat's ass because he's awesome. He's an awesome spy. And she sort and she falls in love with him, you know? And um and in real life, of course, people were saying, like, hey, this guy, maybe not. And then he won the Emmy. He won the Emmy this year for the Americans. And he should have, for fuck's sake. I was so glad he won, especially in their last season. I think it was that, that was it, right? The Emmy or the Golden Globes. He won a big award, and he deserved it. And then he got up on stage, and he said, and I'd just like to thank uh, my beautiful co-star. And I said, oh, my. Will you listen to that? This fuck, just the, mo- the most beautiful act. All of a sudden, and then my wife goes, oh, geez, I can see now. And I'm like, you're right. See, you judgy bastard. But it just, it changed him so much. He immediately, to me, was on her level of attractiveness at that point. Not that that should matter. You know, guys, 2018, hashtag me too. We all should be looking at different things in life. Shouldn't just be looking at the way you look. However, you know, that is, that is, that's just part of the game. It's part of it. It's part of the world we live in. And so you use any advantage you have. And his accent, yes sirree, Bob. That's us. Anyway, the nice Irish people. I do want to go over and do shows. Uh, but I'm pretty lazy. And uh, it would take a, a, a fair bit of effort. I tell you what. So this is what I'm going to talk about a little bit here. It's that the, the what, what is it, the risk-reward, not risk-reward, the, the reward for the amount of work you have to put in. Boy, I tell you, stand-up comedy. It is, uh, it, it's not great. Not great as you're getting older. I was discussing this with another comedian because, A, when I went to get paid for the week, they gave me less money than I expected. And I was like, um, what's going on here? And he said, oh, I don't know, you're going to have to talk to the owner of the club because I was just talking to the manager. So then I had to write the guy and be like, um, okay, worked all week. I got less money than I got last year. Is there something you want to tell me? And I'm ready for the worst because I'm me, right? And he just writes back, oops, simple mistake. Uh, one of my guys had the number wrong. I owe you some money. And I was like, fair enough. Problem solved. But you know what is not solved? Is that nothing has changed in comedy from, I would say, about, well, certainly since I started. Back in 2000 and, what what year is it now? Yeah, so 2002, I think, I started. And um, headliners, or like people going out to shows, here in Canada anyway, pretty much you get the same amount 
that you got back then. And here's the thing. That's 16 years ago. Inflation happens, all right? Other people's salaries, other people's work. Like When I was a kid, a good teacher's salary was $40,000, you know, because I was a kid 37 years ago. And so you get $40,000, like, ooh, they have two teachers in the family, the mom and the dad. What do they do with all their money? $80,000 between them. Jesus Christ, do they have gold toilets? And they did. They had gold toilets and fur sinks. And now you'd be like, $40,000. What, what, what are you talking about? What, what is he, a cashier? That's because of inflation, man. The value of money goes down. So I, um, and, and, and generally speaking, inflation is about 3% a year. Now, I haven't done any math, but I know goddamn well that you shouldn't be paid in 2002 dollars in 2018. I know that for a certainty. We have no union. You know, we have we have nothing. So, stand-up comedy is just it's just a losing proposition. And um and even at the best of it, it's when you're you're on the road all the time. So, I have been lately trying to figure out what I could do to continue to do comedy, continue to do stand-up, but have it pay me money like I feel I deserve. Everybody deserves to make some money if they work hard at their craft. So I'd like to make some money, but I'd like to not do it at the expense of my family and my life, you know, just being on the road 340 days a year. And, uh, so I've been I've been thinking more about it, and I watched this thing today on uh, that Navy SEAL. You guys probably know what I'm talking about. This Navy SEAL guy, he's a motivational speaker now. He looks like a fucking, I don't know what, like a shaved bear. He is just, I've never seen someone look more like a man in my entire life. His forearms, they literally don't make any sense. It looks like he has a disease that his forearms are so big. He's got some kind of Popeye-itis. It's fucking ridiculous. And uh, this dude, he also, he's got this great voice. Sounds like a radio disc jockey. And uh, he's now he trains Navy SEALs. But he, he doesn't just train regular Navy SEALs. He trains, like, the Navy SEALs who are already trained, and then they need, like, extra training for crazy dangerous missions. He's the guy who trains them. And apparently he's written like five books on motivation and all this shit about how to get it done. Like if there's anybody, if there's anybody who is actually walking the walk or talking, talking the talk and walking the walk, it's this fucking guy, an actual Navy SEAL who trains Navy SEALs. So when he's walking around talking about how to stay motivated for years at a time, I mean, yeah, yeah, right? Like, you can listen to people like that. People like Derek Jeter. If Derek Jeter was running around telling you how to get shit done, you'd be like, yeah. Yeah, like, he he didn't take his foot off the gas his whole fucking career. Some people are like that. Some people just have that in them. And so if those people can break it down and tell you, here's how they were productive. Maybe you can't be productive the same way, but but man, maybe they can help a bit, right? 
So since I'm in this transitionary period, let's call it a midlife crisis. Let's call it what it is. Where I'm thinking, how? I like to create. I like to do stand-up. I like to be funny. But, you know, I'm. it's just the type of thing that I didn't see this coming. I didn't see me being 40 and uh, not being, you know, being able to write my own ticket. I figured that by this time, I'd have enough money where I, if I wanted to retire and play golf all the time, I, I would. Or if I wanted to book a theater show, it would sell out super fast. Or I'd probably have a TV show. Or, you know what I mean? The type of nonsense you think when you're a dumb fucking 15-year-old kid. You start thinking, you know, that, that, that you got what it takes. You find out that you don't. Now, it's not that. It's just, you know, it's just I didn't expect to sort of be you know, swimming upstream at this stage. And seeing how I don't, it's different. It's different when you're, when you're a kid. You, know, you really, you really, you don't mind and you shouldn't mind the hardships that come along with it. You got a young body. It doesn't break down so easy. You don't have any crazy bone diseases. You know, you, uh, you can sleep on couches for weeks at a time. You can stay out all night and get up the next day. You can do whatever you want, you know. And, and plus, nobody, nobody expects a 23 or 24-year-old to have their shit together. You know, you're out doing stand-up in a club at 24. Everyone's like, good for you, you young fella. The world's your oyster. God knows where this will take you. Well, you know, it'll take you to where it took me. And I'm not saying my life is miserable. I got a great life. I just, um, it's just I don't have a crazy amount of financial security directly from stand-up comedy. And uh, so now you're looking at it going, you know, much like those old dirty bastards at 40 who start going, oh, I'm losing my... This is my last chance to be young. I better hook up with my 19-year-old secretary and leave my wife and kids. For me, I guess the midlife crisis is, um, you know, how I, I guess I could I could go back to school and become an accountant, you know, maybe be a lawyer like my wife. And you're thinking, you yeah, know, that's it's just it's so much more bang for your buck, man. So much. I look. I know other. Yeah, I know your jobs. They suck at times, and you'd like to have some more freedom, and uh, they can be stressful. I get that. But mine, too. My job can suck like shit at times, and it's almost always stressful. And then at the end of the day, you're not paid anything. You know, a few hundred bucks here and there. Hold on a second. I had to take a swig of water. <clears throat> this fucking cold, man. And then you get sick. And can I call in sick? Do you think I could have called in sick on Saturday? No, sir. I could not have. I just went out, diseased, gave gave my cold to all the other comedians probably. Because you don't have a choice. Not only um, do you, would you not get paid, then like that would throw the club into a friggin' tizzy. They've been promoing you all week. You know, your name is on the billboard. You know, and you all of a sudden, on the marquee, all of a sudden you're like, ah, I can't do it. I got the sniffles. They're like, fuck you. You'll be lucky if you get booked again. You know what I mean? So you better be you better be dying. Dying at a fucking Ebola before you uh cancel a comedy gig. So anyways, this guy, this Navy SEAL, 
He's saying you got to get up at 4.30 in the morning. And uh, to which I say to him, I, I do that all the time. So my son wakes up at 4.30 all the fucking time. He's actually pretty good now. He's not doing it as much. But saying 4.30 in the morning, here, the problem with some of that is when I do have gigs, they're in the nighttime. So if you're getting up at 4.30 in the morning and your gig starts at, you know, 9 p.m., but it's an hour and a half drive away, so it's over at 10.30, you're coming, so now I'm driving home, I'm, I'm on the highway in the wintertime in Canada at midnight, right? And I got up at 4.30? Might as well just pull over on the side of the road, sleep on a moose, because I'm fucking, you're not making it home. So there's that. But, I mean, I know he's on to something. Getting up early, trying to get something. So I tell you what, I was, I'm into photography. Uh, new listeners to the podcast, you need to know that. I love photography. And I love making videos and stuff. So I'm, I'm starting to think about like a, a, a secondary business where I take photos and then I take videos of me taking photos. There's a lot of guys on YouTube doing that. And they seem to be making some money and doing well and doing what they love. And I kind of like that, although I'm not that outdoorsy. So seeing how I like taking landscapes, it's a, it's a bit of a catch-22. So when I was getting up early, I would get up before sunrise because you got to go get the, the sunrise photos. In case you don't know, golden hour is the hour just after sunrise and the hour just before sunset. Those are the best times to take photos. You got to do it then. The light is soft. It's nice. Also, you can get suns coming up over the horizon or going down over the horizon. The light, light makes your pictures. If you're, if you don't, if the one thing you need to learn about taking photos, it's all about the light, man. So, um, when I did do those, those few mornings, did it for a while, they were great mornings. Felt energized. You know, I felt like I got some stuff done because I really did. I, nah, I did have things done. I had a tangible product. I had pictures, pictures that I had taken of a sunrise. And then I didn't need to nap in the day. Normally I need to nap. I'll take care of the boy all day long. And then when he goes down for his nap, I'm also exhausted. So I go down for a nap. But those days I didn't need to nap, which is counterintuitive because I got up early. Right. How does how does that happen? But it kind of does. So maybe this fucking Navy SEAL, I'll listen to more of what he has to say. See, here's what I'll do. Instead of actually improving my life and doing something, I'll just gorge on a bunch of uh, motivational information from that guy, make myself feel like I've done something, and then just forget it all. And then, and then start the death spiral down once again. I'll tell you, guys, here's what set me off today. You know, this is why I had to come down and do the podcast. I felt the need to do something a little bit productive. And and hopefully the wife is not having too hard of a time with the boy upstairs. He seems to like her. I bet she's doing fine. In fact, she says, in fact, in fact, she says that um, he goes to bed a lot easier when she tells him I'm at work. And, uh, and then he knows he can't call out to me to delay the bedtime. And I'm like, you know what? That's insulting. That to speak, speaking of insulting, today he uh, started calling me Mark by the fir- by my first name, because my wife was giving him a bath, 
and I I went to edit something on the computer. God forbid I do something for two seconds for myself. No, I just I was just uploading some fucking thing. And um, normally I like I like to help out with the bath. I like to give the bath because he's he's hilarious and it's nice little family time. My wife gets home from work. We eat some dinner, bring him into the bath. So I am not there at that moment. And then so Sarah yells out from the bathroom, Mark, where are you? And then Sam starts yelling, Mark, where are you? And when your two-year-old starts addressing you by your first name, you can't help but laugh. Mark, Mark, come in. And then Sarah's like, oh, no, that's Papa. And he's like, Mark? She, no, Papa. He's like, Papa Mark. I'm like, all right, good enough. So, um, but today when my wife got home, she got home late because she was working hard. See, because I know she's a lawyer sometimes. Her job is stressful, you know? Like I said, I'm not saying I'll just go back to school and and that being a lawyer is super easy. It's just, you know what I'm saying? Is that they compensate you. The compensation ratio is far, far better. You know, I can work day and night. And uh, if you don't achieve one of these, like, superstardom-type levels, your day and night work comes out to a pittance. So you got to think outside the box, right? You got to find a way through. You got you to gotta kick at the darkness till it bleeds daylight. Lovers in a dangerous time. That's a Canadian, a famous Canadian song. Done by Bruce Cockburn and covered by the Bare Naked Ladies. Man, that's, Canadian bands sound pretty uh, sexual, don't they? Bruce Cockburn and the Bare Naked Ladies. They should have gone on tour together. <laughs> just just to see just to see the, the marquee on that one. That'd be great. Bruce Cockburn and the Bare Naked Ladies. So anyway. I love look, I love comedy. I do. It's the only thing I think that's important. Even though it's not really important, although maybe it is. My friends were saying this the other day. I was doing a show with the hilarious Deborah D. Giovanni. And uh, the hilarious Niles again. And we were talking about it, you know, because we're all in our 40s, right? And we were talking about, you know, the give and the take, the the compensation, what you get back for what you put in. And, um, you know, I was a bit down on it. I got I to gotta say, right? Because you know, I'm, I'm in the crisis phase, you know? But Niall, Niall is, uh, he's doing great right now. He's writing for some TV show. Uh, he's a story editor for another show, and um, I think that's why he's happy, because he's making paychecks. He's getting paid to do something. He He's getting paid for the value he's putting in. Whereas with stand-up, you know, Niall is one of the best stand-ups we have in Canada, but what did he have to do? Like everybody else, he had to start making his money doing something else. But now, there's a freedom about him, excuse me. Uh, a bit of water. Uh, there's a freedom about him now, and he's even better on stage than I've seen him in years. And um, it's because he's, I think he feels good about himself, and he feels good about his worth, you know? So if I can find a way to also start feeling like I'm getting paid for what I'm worth, then maybe you can take the fact that the stand-up paychecks are are kind of small, and it's... Anyway, what he was saying was that stand-up is, is it 
it's such a good service to people. You know, people, it gets them through hard times. It's providing entertainment in, in a glum world, a world that's often glum. And one of my friends who was a philosophy professor, he said this to me years ago. He said that, uh, well, what, you know, what's the point of living? Why is life so valuable? He asked me, Mark, just like my two-year-old calls me. He said, why is life so valuable? And he said, because it's worth living. You know, there, if, if life was miserable and not worth living, there'd be no value on life. And one of the things we value most is feeling good, having a good time, laughing, sharing a moment. That is, that's what, maybe it's rationalization. You know, to me, that's what I always feel like it's rationalization. But I, I, my wife says it's not. And these, these guys, they say it's not. A lot of smart people say that um, having a good laugh is extremely important in life. And those who provide it, those who can do that, are, um, are not detracting from the world. You know? They might even be helping a little bit. So, when Niall said that, that we're, you know, and then we all discussed uh, times when people have said we, we got them through a tough time. And, like, there's this, this, this kid had uh, come back from the... Um, from uh, the, the, well, which war was it? Christ Almighty. I guess it must have been Afghanistan. And um, he said, he came up to me and he shook my hand at some show. And he said, um, listen, it wasn't you specifically. He said, but when I, I got injured in the line of duty, and it wasn't you specifically that injured me. No, he's, he, he said, I got injured in the line of duty. He said, and I was really depressed, and I didn't think I could get through it. He said, but even though it wasn't you specifically, it was comedians that got me through it. I just listened to comedy albums over and over again, and it got me through my rehab. It got me over my depression, and um, I just wanted to thank one of you personally. And I fucking teared up. I was like, really? I just thought I was telling poo jokes up here, you know? And I am. I don't want to, you know. The thing is, I don't want to overstate what I do, but I I do maybe need to stop, you know, undercutting what I do and saying it's worthless, you know. It's just that's, that's the thing. The money part of it, as, as gross as it is to talk about that type of stuff, it's just when it, it starts to make you feel like what you're doing has no value. You know, they're paying people so much money to be fucking real estate agents or other, you know, other shit. You know, stockbrokers and middlemen. You know what I mean? Like, that's what, what's, a, what's a, an agent in Hollywood or a real estate agent or a stockbroker agent or a, like, a, like a banker. They're just middlemen, just passing things back and forth. And if you do that, I'm not saying you're a bad person. I'm just saying... That you're getting paid substantially for your service. You know, and if I'm providing a service, you start to think, I should get paid, right? And if I don't get paid enough, then maybe I'm no good or, or maybe my service is stupid. You start thinking that way, right? And I know you shouldn't. Artists, painters, sculptors, you can't think that way. But it's just, you know. But then you see guys like Niall and friends, my friends of mine like Fraser Young, who also writes for a TV show. You start to see how the joy they have doing stand-up now 
because they, they don't have that pressure on them. They don't have that crushing weight. So, like, Niall was doing cruise ships for a while, and uh, he didn't like it. Didn't like doing those cruise ships. And guess what he does now? Not cruise ships. Someone calls him for a cruise ship. He, go, he politely says, go fuck yourself. Not doing it. He doesn't have to. Somebody calls me for a cruise ship, I probably got to go do it. You know? So, this Navy SEAL, 4.30 in the morning, he says, you'll, you'll start with that win. It's a win. You, you, you get up, and I'm not going to do it tomorrow. I'm still sick. <laughs> so, I'm already making excuses. You start with that win, and then you, more wins will build on it. You know, and, and then you have a couple hours to yourself in the morning. And when you feel productive before anyone's even gotten out of bed, you know, it changes your mentality. And he said, and you go to work and someone offers you a donut. And you're like, I don't need that donut. I got up at 4.30 in the morning. Then I, then I exercised. I'm not going to eat this donut and ruin all that great momentum I had. You know? Maybe he's right. Maybe he's right. But so I, I started having this glimmer of hope. When I listen to that, going, hey, you know what? Maybe I, I haven't exactly figured out what I need to do right now in order to continue to do what I love but not feel like, you know, like I said, I'm at the precipice. I'm 40 years old. You know, this is my last chance to go get some value for the work I put in. And if stand-up is not going to get that done... How do I do it? To go back to school is one of those reasonable answers, but maybe I can find another way if I get up early and try to figure this shit out. So I'm thinking that, right? I'm getting nice and fucking motivated. And then this kid knocks on the door, and I open the door. I swing it open with gusto. Ah, look at the confidence brimming from this guy. Hasn't even gotten up yet at 4.30 in the morning. He's already winning. And this guy is like, hey, I... I, I do this, uh, what is it, jump start? Fucking uh, uh, play for kids? I don't know, some kids charity. Saying, like, we 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 get kids who are in war-torn countries, we get kids who are underprivileged, kids who, you know, are having a rough time, we get them into sports, we teach them how to play things, builds their confidence, they turn into better people. I'm like, you're fucking right, buddy. Let's do this. 4.30 in the morning, let's help the kids. So I, I'm trying to give them some money. But then he signs me up for it, and he's saying it's a monthly contribution, and I have to call and cancel. I can cancel at any time. And it's already too late. And now I'm frozen because I'm me, and I'm polite, and I don't know how to shut it down when I don't want to do it. And then I'm also thinking that maybe I should give to the charity. Now I'm confused. I close the door. Oh, the buyer's remorse. Oh, God, the buyer's remorse. I start getting weak in the hands. That's what happens to me when I feel like I made a real bad decision. My hands get weak, you know? It's it's like it's like my hands manifest my character. It's like you're a weak of character. Your hands no longer work. So uh, my wife comes home, and she just immediately rolls her eyes. She goes, "Oh my god, you did what?" She goes, "I gave money to charity. I'm in charge of our charity donations. I gave a bunch of money away already." And I was like, "Oh yeah." She goes, "I'll call tomorrow and cancel for you," and I said, "No." I'm going to call and cancel for me because I got to get better at this shit. But that sent me, honest to Christ, sent me into a tailspin. And it's like, I, I, I know you should give to charity and stuff. 
But it's just it's it's the pressure of um, and a it makes no sense because it's a tax write off. But I make less than my wife, obviously. If you've been listening to this podcast, so it should be our tax our donation should come from her. That's the better. So this one has got to be canceled. And plus, we gave to a bunch of kids organizations already, which I did not know about because I don't know anything. And so I got to go. I got to cancel this tomorrow. I tried to cancel it right away, but their office was closed. Crafty bastards closed their office. They knew I'd call. So I had to call. And just that, like immediately I started going downhill. The littlest fucking thing, man. You know? And it's almost like it's almost like it happens. It's, it's, it's like a conspiracy. I start to feel good or get an idea. Hey, I have a plan. I have I'm gonna I'm gonna do something. I'm gonna gain some confidence for a minute. Then the world knocks, it literally knocks on my door to show me I don't have what it takes. Hey, sir, can I easily pressure you into a lifetime commitment? Easily? Just don't worry. You have to sign up for life, and when you call, there is no way to cancel. And hey, by the way, for all you know, this is a total scam. You just gave your credit card over the phone to some random woman. So I was just thinking about canceling my credit card altogether. You know, then they can't come. That was literally my first thought. Let's just cancel the credit card. But no, I'm going to be a man about it. Okay? Or a woman, an adult. Let's say an adult. Let's not use that chauvinistic term, be a man about it when you're trying to man up. You should it should call it should be called adult up. Let's change let's change the the what vernacular? No, that's not right. Anyway, let's change it. So we got to be adults about this shit. Let's mature up. I know it doesn't have the same ring, but still. So I don't know, man. This podcast, as sick as I am, I'm going to end it on some positivity and some hope. Sure. Sure, the second I start thinking. I'm going to, you know, start making strides in the right direction. I'm immediately, I immediately self-sabotage. I should just close the door. That's just, just said, no, thanks. I'm not interested. And then say to my wife, hey, I just turned down this charity. Um, what charities are we doing? You know, something like that. But I didn't. I just, it's like, you know, I take one step forward, two steps back. But not this time, baby. It's just I gave them a one-time donation of 25 bucks, So they can have that. Go ahead and have it. And use it. Please. I, I hope you use it well. And, but I cannot pay this going forward because we have other charities. You know? And, I, and, and then I can start. I can start this 4.30 in the morning thing. Try to figure out a good way to become... Somebody who gets to do stand-up on his own terms. That's all I'm looking for. You know, this other guy, there's another thing. This other guy is writing me today asking me about how much I charge for um, for a show. And I had charged less than I should have the last time, he asked. So this time I charged more. And he's like, how come you want more this time? And then you got to, like, explain to him that I charged you too less, too little last time. I'm trying to value myself. 
sent me into another tailspin. Jesus Christ, I'm trying to get through this podcast. I got to drink another swig of water before I say goodnight. Hang on. All right, there it is. Okay, guys, listen. Here, onwards and upwards. Forwards, not backwards. Three steps forwards, no steps back. We come together because opposites attract. And it ain't fiction. It's just a natural fact. Paul Abdul, 1991. Circa. Circa, 1991. So I'm going to go upstairs now that the boys have been put to bed. So my wife has done all the work for today. She went to work, got paid appropriately for her value, came home, tired as shit, gave her son a bath while I sat in a car and screamed about how people should be giving me more money for no... And I didn't really justify why they should be giving me more money, except that I rationalized that what I do is uh, save soldiers from PTSD. Man, oh man, I've really blown some smoke up my ass. But you know what? Maybe that's what I need to do. Get up at 4.30 tomorrow morning and just start complimenting myself for a couple of hours. Maybe do a couple of sit-ups. Try to get rid of this awful beer gut that I'm going to contribute to right now. That's it for the podcast. Um, I'll check in with you probably with Daryl Purvis on a fri- on Friday. I'll post it on Sunday, I think. And uh, thanks so much for listening. If you've listened this far, if you haven't, I don't blame you. But then you're also not hearing this part. It's Mark Bennett. I said shut up. Good night. <laughs>